guys. You did amazing. If you want to turn in your Bible tonight, um, try to, I'll try to be brief, I promise. Um, I, I, unfortunately, I already said I was going to be, so that means i got to try to be. But um, <clears throat> the, the story, at least the, the first story tonight, I've, I've got three or four things that, that I want to look at. These aren't just all from Nehemiah that I've been studying. One thing is more of just a thought than a thing, but this is a very familiar passage, certainly to all of us. As a matter of fact, most all of them that I want to look at, um, in some way, we, we portray those in the, in the Easter play, and he's alive. I was thinking of something the other day about that. Somebody used the word portray, and I thought that's what we need to use for he's alive. I hadn't gone back and studied those words, but we call it a play. But a play is something that people act. If I'm not mistaken, I haven't done this word search, but, but, but a play, I think, is something that people would act, and a portrayal is portraying something that really took place. And so that's what He's Alive is. It is a portrayal of what really took place. And we, we do these in, in the play. But here, here in this passage, Jesus has been asked by um, Jairus, Jairus, I guess probably Jairus, J-A-I, but been asked to come to his house. His daughter is sick, and he's asked Jesus to come with him and to heal his daughter. And as we walk through, kind of making way through the crowd, the Bible says that he's pressed about on all sides, that, that he's being thronged and in verse number 43 of Luke chapter 8, it says that the woman having an issue of blood 12 years, which she had spent all her living upon physicians, neither could be healed of any, and came behind him and touched the border of his garment, and immediately her issue of blood stanched. And Jesus said, Who touched me? When all denied, Peter and they that were with him said, Master, the multitude thronged thee and pressed thee. And sayest thou who touched me? And Jesus said, Somebody hath touched me, for I perceive that virtue has gone out of me. The woman saw that she was not hid. She came trembling and falling down before him. She declared unto him before all the people for what cause she had touched him and how she was healed immediately. And he said unto her, Daughter, be of good comfort. Thy faith hath made thee whole. Go in peace. I want to look at a thought for just a few minutes this evening from three or four different passages that when simply asking just isn't enough. God, thank you so much for being so good. God, I thank you for your sweet spirit. Lord, I, I pray that your spirit would move about in this place. God, I pray you'd help us as we look at your word, Father. I pray you'd help each one of us to learn something. God, I pray that burdens would be lifted. I pray that chains would be broken. I, I pray, God, that we'd be strengthened and encouraged, but most of all, I pray that you would be pleased. God, I pray that everything that happens in this place brings glory and honor to you. Father, may we worship you for you alone are worthy. We trust you, we thank you, and we praise you. We love you, Lord, in the precious holy name of Jesus. Amen. So here our text tells us this woman has exhausted everything that she had. She spent all of her money. She's uh, apparently, if she spent everything, she's probably sold off possessions. She's put everything into the idea of, of being healed. She's tried every kind of doctor that there was to try. She's put everything forward, and now here she is. She still has her infirmity, and she has no money. Now, earlier in this text, we look back, Jesus had gotten off of a ship over in the country of the Gadarenes. It's the part where the demon-possessed man has met him, and Jesus cast out the demons into the herd of swine. They ran off down the hill into the lake. And then the people all came and they gathered up against Jesus and asked him to, to leave their country. 
So Jesus goes away. In verse number 38, the man who was healed, from whom all the demons were thrown out, wanted to go with Jesus. But he said in verse 39, he said, Return to thine own house and show how great things God hath done unto thee. Sometimes that's all we need to do. God done something for anybody in here? Sometimes all we have to do is just tell our story. It says that he went his way and published throughout the whole city how great things Jesus had done unto him. And it came to pass that when Jesus was returned, the people gladly received him, for they were all waiting for him. So everybody has heard. This woman has obviously heard. Maybe she's never had a chance to ask Jesus. Odds are, based on the way the story is written, there's a good chance she's probably met Jesus and probably never met Jesus before. And with all of the crowd around, she can't get to Jesus. This woman is probably very meek, very humble. She's had this issue for 12 years, and this is kind of a, would have been something that pushed her away from the crowd in, in that day. So she, she's not trying to get to Jesus and be a, a front runner. It's not like what I have is more important than anybody else. As a matter of fact, we almost see the position of her heart is that I don't, I don't really need to talk to Jesus. There, there's other people that's got so many problems. There's so many others that, that they need to, to talk to Jesus. There's, there's so many others that, that need to get there and ask for things. If I could just touch. I love it. Not if I could just touch him. If I could just touch his face. If I could just touch his hand. No, it's if I could just touch the border of his garment. If I could just press through this crowd of people, not to distract him, not to draw any attention to myself. If I could just brush the border of his garment, then I could be made whole. Jesus stops and he says, who touched me? The disciples are like, you're kidding, right? These people pushing all on you and thronging, you're pressing your way through a crowd. and I mean, master. But what they didn't understand is, is that she didn't touch him with her hand. She touched him with her faith. And Jesus said, I felt power leave my body. At the moment that she didn't have to ask him and then he did it. At the moment Jesus said, I felt power leave my body. The woman said, I was healed immediately. So that means at the very moment that she reached out and she touched him with her faith, she was healed at that exact moment. Sometimes, sometimes just asking Maybe it doesn't seem like enough. I can tell you personally, I'm going to raise my hand, and you can if you want to. Anybody in there have a prayer that's not yet answered? I've got one that's at least two years old, but God's not giving me an answer. So we just keep on praying, right? Sometimes we, we pray, and it seems like things don't get any better. Sometimes we have to remember that, that no is an answer. And if God says no, then the answer is no. But if God hadn't said no, then there's no reason to not keep on asking. There's no reason to not just keep on praying. It's not the touch of this woman's hand that mattered. It was the touch of her faith. But she's not the only one of persistence that I've looked at this week. I've just been looking at, at the word importunity is where a lot of it started, looking at a word called persistence and just keeping on and keeping on praying. I, I looked a little bit at Zacchaeus. A very successful man in the world. He was a chief of the publicans. He had a lot of money. 
Jesus was passing through the streets of Jericho. He wanted to see him. He, he wanted to see this Jesus, but with all his money, he couldn't buy his way up there. So he runs ahead. The Bible says he's of short stature, so he couldn't see over the crowd. Obviously, he couldn't push his way through the crowd. So the, the Bible says that he went ahead up on the street and that he climbed up in a sycamore tree so that he could see Jesus when he passed by. But more importantly, when Jesus passed by, he didn't just see Jesus. Jesus saw him. Had he just stood in the crowd and asked, Jesus probably doesn't see him. Had he just been blended into all of the crowd, Jesus probably doesn't see him. We don't even see a great need that he has. He just has a desire to see Jesus. That's his great desire. But just as, as he sees Jesus, Jesus sees him because he went an extra mile. He did something above and beyond. He did something that was a little bit extraordinary, a little bit different than what everybody else did. So Jesus had him come down out of the tree, and this man's a sinner, and Jesus went and had dinner with him. So much so that the people saw it, and naturally they fussed because Jesus, why would he go to this sinner's house? Jesus is hanging out with, with sinners. Anybody thankful that Jesus hangs out with sinners? I'm very thankful for the story right there that shows me that Jesus is a friend of sinners. Think about what we did. We used to build the house. Paul used to build the house up here and, and tear the roof of Simon's house off and let it down. But we still did it this year a little differently where we have the four friends. They, they have a lame man who's friend and they carried him on what the Bible calls a couch. It would have been a bed at the time and they carried him. So I think about those four friends. They, they had to go the extra mile to get their friend to Jesus. The Bible says in Luke chapter 5 verse 19 that when they could not find way by or when they could not find by what way they might bring him in because of the multitude, they went upon the housetop and let him down through the tilling with his couch into the midst before Jesus. Verse number 20 says when he saw their faith. It's not when they asked him they didn't ask him for anything. They didn't say anything. The Bible doesn't give us a record of a conversation as to what do you want me to do. Until he gets down and talks to the lame man, what will they have me to do that, that we use in the part this year? But, but what Jesus, what it says is he saw their faith. And he said unto him, man, thy sins are forgiven thee. Mark chapter 7, there's a Syrophoenician woman. Her daughter's sick. She's demon-possessed. The Bible says in verse 25, a certain woman whose young daughter had an unclean spirit heard of him and came and fell at his feet. The woman was a Greek, a Syrophoenician by nation. She besought him that he would cast forth the devil out of her daughter. But Jesus said unto her, let the children first be filled. It's not meet to take the children's bread and cast it to the dogs. <laughs> she answered and said unto him, yeah, yes, Lord. Yet the dogs under the table eat of the children's crumbs. He said unto her, For this saying, go thy way. The devil is gone out of thy daughter. Jesus came into his own first. He came to the Hebrew nation, to the Jew. This woman is a, is a Gentile. She is a heathen woman to the Jews. If you're not a Jew, you're a Greek. If you're not a Jew to the Jews, you're a dog. And, and that's the reference that is made here. And Jesus says, I'm here for the Jews first. It's not meet to take what is to the Jews and cast it out to the dogs. The woman says, Lord, I know I'm a dog. I know I'm nothing. The 
Even the dogs eat crumbs under the master's table. Here's what she basically says in her faith. Your crumbs are more than enough for me. If you just cast me a crumb. Jesus saw her faith. It's not what she said. Even how she said it. Although I will say that the humble spirit has a lot to do. But, but it's the fact that he saw her faith in the request. Jesus gave us a parable, Luke chapter 18. He's talking about the woman. And, and really, this is, this is the woman of the unjust judge. And this was kind of where the study really originated from because it goes to another story about importunity. But Luke chapter 18, he spake a parable to this end, verse number 1, that men ought always to pray and not to faint. Verse number 2 says there was a city, there was in a city a judge which feared not God, neither regarded man. There was a widow in that city, and she came to him saying, Avenge me of mine adversary. He would not for a while, but afterward he said within himself, Though I fear not God, nor regard man, yet because this widow troubleth me, I will avenge her, lest by her continual coming she weary me. The Lord said, Hear what the unjust judge saith. Shall not God avenge his own elect, which cry day and night unto him, though he bear long with them? I tell you that he will avenge them speedily. Nevertheless, when the Son of Man cometh, shall he find faith on earth? So I'm not going to read the story about importunity, but it's a lot like the same story, a lot like the same parable about at midnight when the man came to the man's house and knocked on the door and said, I got some friends come, I need some bread. And he says, go away, it's at night, I'm in bed. My children are in bed. He said, go. It's at a time, but he said, because of importunity, because the man just kept on knocking, he knew if he wanted to get any sleep, he had to get up and get this man something to get him to go home because he wasn't leaving. It was importunity that was there, and a lot of the same here. So I have no idea what most anybody else's prayers are. The only reason I know some of them is because you've asked me to put them on my prayer list, and so I pray with you and you pray with me about things that we need God to answer things that, that we put. But, but for the most part, I, I have no way of knowing what you pray. Of my own prayers, I, I have no way of knowing if or when that they would be answered. I do know this. God hasn't told me no yet. And if God hasn't told us no, then in all honesty, sometimes the things that, that, that we're praying about and God hasn't answered, at least not the way that we wanted. We've not seen an answer, and God hasn't told us no. But in all honesty, those are the things that drive me to the throne room. Anybody know what I'm talking about? If I didn't have something rubbing me to keep going to the throne room, I might not pray as often. And when I go to the throne room, I don't just pray about that. When we go to the throne room, you're the same way. We, find, we, we pray for one another. We pray for everybody else's prayer requests. We pray for the sick. We pray for the church. We pray for the power of God to move. But, but it's, that, it's that urgency of my own situation that keeps driving me back to the throne room. Does that make sense to anybody? So I have no idea if or even when, if God will answer it. But I do know this. As long as I'm in this world, I'm to keep on asking. As long as I am in this world, if God doesn't tell me not to ask, then I have reason to just keep on going. Maybe it requires more fasting on my part. Maybe it requires getting up earlier or staying up later. Maybe it requires praying more. I mean, to me, those are the same things as tearing the slats off the roof. 
Those are the same things as pressing through the crowd to touch the border of his garment. They're going the extra mile. They're above standing in the crowd asking, is, is something extra? So, so when we do those things, all we're doing is allowing God to, to see our faith. We say, but, I mean, yeah, with them, Jesus was there. They, they could get to where he was in his presence. That wasn't the important part. It wasn't, it wasn't that they got to where he was. It's that, that he saw the display of their faith. He, he saw their, their heart when they got there. I, I don't know. I truly don't know what a lot of people deal with. I, I know every day, Robin and I talk about this a lot, pray, and every day we learn Almost every day we learn something about somebody else. There's somebody dealing with it. We had no idea. And I'll be honest, it, it, blows, it blows our minds. Some of the things that some of you are dealing with. Some of the prayers that you have. Some of the things that you've, you've faced for years. And, and I, don't, I don't know. I don't know what it takes to get God to answer a prayer. I can't tell you that I know why God answered one prayer the way he did and, and hasn't answered another prayer the same way. I, I do know this. The Apostle Paul said he had a thorn in the flesh. Agreed? And he says, I prayed. Now, he put it in the short version. I'm going to put it in the long version. I prayed that the Lord would heal it. I don't, how, I don't know how much time passed. But the Lord didn't answer the prayer. He obviously didn't heal the thorn in the flesh. And he obviously didn't tell him no because Paul asked a second time. Paul goes and he prays a second time. I don't know if it's a day later, a week later, a year later. I don't know. But I do know that Paul goes and he prays a second time for the thorn in the flesh. I know that God did not heal it. And I know that God did not tell him no. Because the Bible tells us that he went a third time. He said, I prayed thrice. So that means he's prayed three times. Now here's what I believe. I believe the reason God went ahead and told him no was because he knew Paul wasn't going to stop until he gave him an answer. He understood that he was going to keep coming. So, so I, I don't know what your situation is. I don't know how much you've prayed. I don't know how many hours you have in prayer. I don't know how many days you have in fasting. I don't know how far you've gone to get in touch with God. But I do know how far God went to get in touch with us. He sent Jesus Christ all the way to Calvary. He sent the Holy Spirit to this earth to live in our hearts because he loves us that much. I know that he told us in Hebrews 11.1 1, that faith is the substance of things hoped for, the evidence of things not seen. Verse number 6, without faith it is impossible to please him. For he that cometh to God must believe that he is, and that he is a rewarder of them that diligently seek him. That's really stood out as I've studied this week for me because it doesn't say that, that, that word diligently means to search out. It, it is to crave. It is to have an earnest desire for. So, so it says diligently, but it doesn't say diligently seek the things you've been praying for. When, when I'm not getting answers I want in prayer, I start diligently seeking the answers. I, 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 don't, I don't know if y'all are there. It's just another weak point. I'm telling you. I start diligently seeking the answers because I want my prayer answered. But it doesn't say diligently seek the answer. It doesn't say 
diligently seek what I'm praying about. It says diligently seek him. He goes the same with Matthew 6, 33, to seek ye first the kingdom of God and his righteousness and all these things shall be added unto you. So, so what, what the word tells us there is that we're diligently to, to seek him out. I, I, don't, I don't know what some of you are going through. I do know this. I do know that God loves you. I do know that God has heard your prayer. And I do know that God will do something. We, we looked this morning at the spinning wheel. I don't know, maybe, maybe we're all on the wheel. Maybe it's a time of being on the wheel and being formed into yet another vessel. But my favorite part was the closing part of that this morning. If I'm on the potter's wheel, I'm in the potter's hand. I love that thought. If I'm on the wheel, I'm being marred, I'm being worked on. That means I have to be in his hands. I'm not there without an excuse. And the same thing is true for all of us. I've told you before that when I was, I was raised up in church where I was told that it was a sin to ask God why. I don't believe that. I used to believe that because I was taught that, but I don't believe that. I believe why is a fair question. Let me tell you another one I believe is a, is a fair question. And this is just this me. God, if the answer is no, just tell me no. I can take that, I think. If you'll help me. But if no is going to be the answer, then, then just tell me no. But, but tell me something. Anybody know what I'm talking about? Well, I, I, I just need an answer. Sometimes I can remember specifically about one time that, that was a long time of prayer that because my prayer wouldn't get answered, I just, I just thought I had done something wrong. I thought I had done something that was so bad that God had wrote me off. I thought I had done something that, and what's so bad is I didn't even know what I did. That's what really made me feel bad. God, I've done something so bad that, that I feel like you've taken your hand away, and I don't even know what I did because I must be that wicked. But if you'd just show me. And the truth is it wasn't any of that. It, it was a testing season. It was, it was a proving season. So in, in my mind, I think, like I said a while ago, I think, but I don't have the ability to touch his garment. He's not, he's not passing by. If he was downtown in LaGrange, I would press my way through the crowd to touch his garment. If he was coming down Hammett Road, I would climb the tallest tree out there if that's what it took to see him. That's what I think. I, I would do any of those things. I would do whatever it took to get his attention. If my daughter was sick unto death and he was in Noonan and I had to walk to Noonan to get him, I'd walk to Noonan and get him back. If my daughter was sick, I knew they'd save him. Those are the things that I think, but that's not what he's looking for. It's not the location of their body. It's the position of their heart. It, it, it's, it's their faith that we have. We may not can match their physical location where they are there, but we can match their spiritual identity. We can match what they had in faith. And it's faith that touches Jesus. Tim, Tim, come on, brother. We're going we're gonna to sing a song. This woman, this woman here in this text, she's been looking for an answer for 12 years. 12 years. I'm not going to ask you to raise your hand because there's some of you in here, you've been praying for an answer longer than that. I know some of you have some things that you've been, you've been wanting for a long time. And you don't have the answer and you don't have a no. 
the difference, she, she doesn't have Jesus for 12 years. She has doctors. She has stuff. But what she has is a desire. But when she heard about Jesus, it doesn't tell us that she ever met Jesus before. She heard, apparently heard the story of this man that the demons were cast out. I would assume from the way the story goes that she heard from him or from his story that he told that told somebody else. But she heard about what great things Jesus had done. And from what she heard, her faith was made whole to the point that she said, if I could just touch him. Same, same thing's true with you and I. We may not can touch him with our hands. But we can touch him with our faith the same way the woman did. We can touch him with our faith the, the same way as these that are around him here in the text did. Because Jesus on multiple occasions said, Go thy way, thy faith has made thee whole. Maybe not those exact words, but those same. He said those exact words, but in multiple times he uses that same scenario. Thy faith has made thee whole. We have the same opportunity. This is what they had. I don't know why God takes so long to answer prayer sometimes. Well, if I could explain that, I, I would. I don't know. Either, I don't even know the final answer to that. I don't have to know answers. I have to know this: God loves me. He hasn't forgotten me, regardless of what I'm going through. He hasn't forgotten me. God loves you. He hasn't forgotten you. He hasn't put a deaf ear to your prayer. He hasn't written you off. He hasn't closed. God loves you. And it's God's desire to do things for those that diligently seek him. That's what his word says. Amen. So I don't know. I pray it would be a blessing to somebody. If not today, maybe in a time to come when we've got to pray. Just remember, sometimes, sometimes just standing in the crowd and asking just isn't enough. Sometimes... Our regular prayer time and asking in our regular prayer time just isn't enough. Sometimes we've got to climb a tree. Sometimes we've got to push through the crowd. And if that is fasting for days, if that is pushing through a crowd to get to where he is, whatever that looks like to you, whatever God shows you, I'll tell you this, it's not me that will give you an idea. The Holy Spirit will give you an idea. If the Holy Spirit gives you a challenge to do this, then do this. Whatever tree that is to climb, climb that tree. God says, I see, our, I see your faith. Amen. If you guys will stand up, we're going to sing a song together.